If I could just briefly, I just been praying for you all and I realized we're two months in. We had our orientation retreat two months ago, which is crazy. Um, so you're kind of two months into this and I would just love to hear from each of you in a couple sentences. Um, how have you met the Lord in the last couple of months in the Gregory House process? In the, um, some of you are residents, some of you are staff, so, some of you are missionaries. You're, you know, you're a wonderful mix. Um, but, you know, we're, and we're trying to get clear and clear that Gregory House sort of in, in, encompasses all of it. So uh, for some, there's residency, so some it's classes. But the Gregory House process is really a process of one way or the other, how are we raising up and training and discipling our next generation of leaders and artists? That's what really matters in Gregory House. And it looks like a lot of different elements underneath that. Fully Alive will be another component of Gregory House um, coming up in a week, week and a half. Um, and yes, my heart did just skip a beat when I said it's coming in a week and a half. Um, and it's like, ha, 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 ha. Um, So much more to do still. So, um, so let's start there. Just, and we, we can just kind of go around the table. So whoever starts, the person uh, to your right is going to have to go after you. Um, so how have you met the Lord in the last couple of months? A sense of what he's speaking to you, a sense of what he's forming and shaping in you. It, uh, it could relate to what we're going to do today, but I'm just sort of curious broadly, as you reflect in an examine type way over the last couple of months, where has the Lord been present to you in a certain way? Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is your heritage. Very well said, Allison. Yeah, so, so I'm feeling like a draw towards becoming more gospel Catholic, even to the point of like submitting to some of the like little like grumblings that are still like no, you know, inside of me about stuff, you know, like and I'm just, it's weird. I'm like, oh, am I? There's a part of you that thinks is this good or bad thing, you know? Like, am I just like, yeah. oh, I'm just not going to listen to you for the sake of being like secure or settled or whatever. So I mean, it's still in that process. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a good process. It's a good process. I'm just curious what's going to happen, and I feel like that's something that's really been happening in these last few months of realizing the freedom <clears throat> of having that concreteness, and that that's something that I think God is pushing me toward mm -hmm. so far. Just hope he's going. 
Awesome. Thank you. All right, Lydia, you're next. It's intriguing to hear your different processes from two different places within Christendom, the Pentecostal charismatic movement and, and the Roman movement. It's just really it's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Mrs. Magnuson. really good. All right. Dr. Magnuson. I, uh, I, thanks. For a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> the, coming into year two is just such a different feel. Year one was really disorienting and reorienting and just a big picture. 
picture ways. I feel so bad when I hear that. No, I think it was the Lord who did it, but so yep, but it's hard. It's hard for sure. But now coming into a place where there there is a foundation of something that now subsequent floors are being built on, and I feel it a shift in still receiving, but now being raised up and empowered and given it a, a presence and an authority to start giving more, and that that will continue and sure as we move ahead to the plan. But, so I, I think a, a confidence in the Lord and his work, putting me in those places to start Bothering now, even before we get to that point where we're building a launch team. Um, I've just met the Lord in the fulfillment of a hope and a dream that I've had for a, probably a decade. I mean, I've wanted to do this for a decade. And in God's timing and resurrection's timing, it just wasn't ready yet. And so I just, over the last two months, I just have a lot of joy. I have a lot of energy um, when I get to be with you guys and to be a part of what we're doing. And I have that holy discontent that's part of pioneering something. <laughs> you, you're going to feel this so much as you plant a church, that holy discontent of but all these things that we're not doing yet that I can't wait for us to do with Gregory House. Um, so that's, I've really been meeting the Lord and a lot of dialogue with him about, you know, Father, I'm so thankful for what we're doing. I love this. Here's what we're not doing yet give me a proper holy imagination for what Gregory House can become for the sake of the kingdom of God and holy church. So. I think I just felt like there's a slow transition of being able to make terms always being on the defensive at Lincoln especially to being strengthened for the offensive. Um, and I feel like I've just slowly realized how much of my mind space and heart space was taken up with just like defending what I knew to be true. Um, yeah. when people would ask those cynical questions or just be emotionally closed off to the work of the Lord in these gospel Catholic ways that I had learned by osmosis and I would just be struggling all the time to know how to defend it. Um, I feel like being a part of Gregory House has just been a slow like, unwinding of the defensive and strengthening of like I'm getting ready to, to go out in the offensive and not only to be defending Helpful out. Yeah. Um, I think the, the greatest way that I've met the Lord so far in Gregory House and it's been like a lot of times it's in these seminars where we just get to learn about the depth and the, the, the just, I, I guess the, the word that I can think of the depth, the depth of the church, the depth of the, the, of, of the incarnation of Christ. And there's so much um, theological and doctrinal. Historicity and and there's there's just more of it than I ever could have thought and so now I'm able to say yes this is fascinating yes there is actual authority in the church and yes mm -hmm. there is actual authority in um, what we believe and there's actual um, uh, uh, grounds where we don't have to be like shaken mm -hmm. um, I just feel feel like a rootedness that has been kind of strengthened mm -hmm. really really happening these past few months. Gregory House at, for the past few years has culminated in sort of like a 
There's a tsunami in the spring, and just feeling so dead, so afraid, and unsure of where to place my footing on anything in Christian thought or about who God was. And in, in Stephen, in the first two weeks, Becky mentioned the words of mercy and presence and redemption in that, and that I kind of all of the built up a spirit of religiosity or just assumptions I have about what the church, like what Christian life is from me, from growing up at home, has just been in a way like wiped out, like totally erased um, in a way that's allowed me to kind of receive this and recognize this as like a, a foundation that's being built in a way that I, I'm not able to get in the way of anymore because I just have nothing to hold on to in that regard. Mm. Take your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, this is my 27th wedding anniversary. Do, do, do I know what you're talking about? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
praise the Lord. Christy. I think more than anything, Gregory House has allowed me to be a daughter of the church in mm. the way that I have been before. Mm. And I feel like doing the ministry residency at Gregory House, I just feel like a kid in the church again. Mm. helpful praise the Lord well father we just take our testimonies and the ways that we've seen your son Jesus Lord we just we just love him so much and we're so full of adoration of him after Deacon John's teaching we just love him Lord all he's done for us all he is the firstborn of all creation we just worship you Jesus Holy Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus of Mary, Jesus, who is the perfect icon of the Father. Lord, we, we set our hearts on you. We ask that you would continue to, um, in our sin nature, reveal yourself to us, because uh, we just want more of you. We want more of your Holy Spirit. We, we want to imitate you. We want to be like you. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the way you've revealed yourself to us even the last two months, and that you are preparing us, you're readying us to minister you, uh, to be your very body in Holy Church. How we love you, Lord, and, and how we're thankful for you. And we just lift up a, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, Father for your son, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, you all. Well, uh, Wit, man, Wit was on it. Wit was sending all kinds of stuff out this week, um, which is wonderful. She's always on it. Wit's always on it. Um, but questions came out about sort of what's been going on for you all and you're thinking on the 5M. So I would love to hear, um, and we don't have to go on the circle this time. We can just kind of go uh, person by person as you're ready, but um, I think it'd be helpful probably to just kind of have everyone answer the questions, and you can, I don't care if you answer them exactly per question, but have you answer them kind of person by person. So we had four questions. Um, did you guys get those? Is everyone tracking with that? Yeah. What's that? I don't know. Brenda just gave me this. Maybe it's my guide. Or is that the syllabus? Would you guys like these? Yeah, let's get them. Let's get them copied. What's that? Oh. Oh. I'm not used to being tethered. <laughs> I like free range. Um, great. So, uh, what are the questions? What are, what are my 5M? Do you have them in front of you, hon? What are the things God's giving you right now? Yeah. What is God giving you to do right now in your ministry? Great. What are your struggles in one of these ends? Yeah. Which M are you not particularly strong in? And write a sentence about that end's importance. Great. Okay. Great. Great. Um, so I want Chad to hear uh, whoever is going to go. 
who is going to go first? We'll have you ready and lined up. Hudson, are you going to go first? Yeah. All right. All right. Great. You're going first. Who's who's uh, who's on deck? Who's after Hudson? All right, got Peter, and who's in the hole? Who's gonna be number three after after on deck? All right, all right, Rachel. Okay, great. All right, fantastic. So, so, so we got it. Oh, thanks, Chad. All right, Hudson. What what are your what are your reflections on on our five M's? I know you guys all know this, but sometimes it's just helpful to to recontextualize the apostolic for one of the catalytic gifts, um, creating um, ecosystems of ministry, the prophetic. A catalytic gift, ministering God's word now. The evangelistic catalytic gift, uh, catalyzing either ecosystems, communities, cultures, or individual conversions. Shepherding, building gift, building ideas that are gospel ideas and gospel teachings. Uh, teaching of gifts is often a building gift. And then shepherding, building gospel community, uh, building gospel connections among people. All right, Hussam. Right. What do you got, man? Um, I think, okay, so looking, thinking through the 5M giftings currently, um, I see, think I see, I certainly see more of a, a lean towards the building versus the catalytic. Mm -hmm. um, probably closer to a uh, teacher, um, just knowing, like seeing how uh, a teacher builds um, sort of a, 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 way, a, a way of a journey, like pulling people from one place to the next. And, and saying like this is a way to do that, and ha mm. having to do a lot with questions and a lot having a lot to do with informing. Um, I just see myself doing that a lot in um, in life, and maybe that's just coming right off of, of education training. And sure. Like and but you also were drawn to education training. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's sort of where I see the primary uh, gifting, but there is the like some of the things that are under shepherd as well do resonate. Um, that has to do a lot with just the daily discipline of, of working and building of a community. That's something that draws me a lot, um, specifically around um, like hospitality and how, how does one use hospitality to build a community. Um, um, yeah, if I had to choose something in the catalytic, it would be prophetic, but even that, I have to say, I've experienced very little. Um, mm -hmm. like, But it could be that that's, that's an interest of a growth area for you, mm -hmm. growing in that catalytic ministry, the prophetic. Now, that's certainly one of the ones, um, like in the ministry that I do right now at church, um, that there's more of that. I'd say the, the ministry that I do at uh, the Moving, the question two, the stuff that I'm calling to right now um, is musical and building. I, it's using music and technology to support the music in um, helping the church to build, to come together as a community and be transformed. Mm. Um, and so in that way, right now I'd say I'm called to a shepherding yeah. ministry and then also a prophetic ministry um, in the way that it's, it, that the music and the arts proclaim the gospel and clarify things and meet people. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm called to those. Okay, let, let me comment and, and I'm gonna insert myself um, and comment. This is great. This is a great translation work that he just did. So what Hudson's doing is he's translating a concept, shepherding and building, which immediately many of us, of course, we're going to think about a senior pastor or a, a, a pastor leading a church or a pastor on the staff of a church. But I really like your translation. What you're actually doing is you're translating to understand 
So when I'm doing the audio and I'm doing the, the needed technology and I'm a part of music, I am actually shepherding resurrection. Okay, that's a really fantastic positioning of yourself within the five M's. Um, because Paul did give them to us as this, these comprehensive ministries that then, of course, we, we read, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, equipping the saints in these five ministries. Um, and so I think it's really intriguing how you position that. And I think it's accurate because that is a very important shepherding work. Um, but one that I don't think many of us would have probably put in, like, what are the top three ways shepherding looks like? But that's exactly what you're doing. And so for you to understand that, Hudson, it actually properly um, puts you in the belt in the scriptures. So you know what you're doing biblically, which is so important. Like, what am I doing biblically right now? Oh, I'm shepherding when I'm doing these things that I have to do to get things done, um, which ministry always involves a ton of little details that you go, what is this? You know, like, <laughs> what am I doing? Does this really matter? Um, and so I've had to learn over the years, you guys, to go, okay, what am I doing? Actually, what I'm doing right now is apostolic. No, I'm not in front of a bunch of people, you know, leading us somewhere. I'm doing apostolic work in my office on this email and how I respond to this email, right? Um, and so I need to consistently position myself biblically within the 5M for the work that I'm doing. So thank you. I think that's really helpful. And I think that's accurate. And I think you do have a, that kind of shepherding, building gift that may manifest in several different ways. But also you guys, particularly um, for many of you in your, in, in your 20s, uh, even early 30s, this is the discovery of the 5Ms for you. And so it can also be kind of sloppy and messy right now, and it's really good. So it's like, I kind of have this thing of interest in prophetic, but I don't know what that looks like yet, how that works. Absol of course, absolutely. And one thing about having lots of spiritual moms and dads around that can be confusing is for those of us that are older, our 5M ministries are more developed, they are clearer. But they weren't when we were 22, amen. <laughs> I mean, it's like, no way. I mean, I, I mean, as you guys know from my testimony, I was an idiot when I was 22. But, but besides anything, I was just an anti-gospel idiot. Um, yeah. And so this is, this is also encouraging to begin to see, okay, what's nascent in me? It's what I, part of what I want you guys to share with each other. What's, what's developing in me? So thanks for letting me interrupt. Cool. All right, keep going with stuff. Uh, okay, so what are my struggles now? Yeah. Um, very often, stepping out on a limb and just doing something that's uncomfortable yeah. um, is, is just something that I don't naturally like, tend towards. I'm not usually someone to uh, make that make that outward step. Um, I'm like I'm so so happy to be someone who's like can evangelize through an example, but like that's as, that's as far as I go. I'm like mm. so scared to do anything past that. It just mm. um, feels so uncomfortable. And, And that's not uncommon for those that may be more, uh, you know, called by the Lord into a shepherding, building work. That tension with the catalytic apostolic is, is a, we, I spoke of that. That makes sense. It's kind of like, what is that? How does that work? Um, because the gift of the shepherd is consistency and creating a sense of stability um, within a ministry like our, our worship arts or whatever it might look like. And the apostolic kind of has that, if it's holy, you know, it doesn't know what it's holy, but that has that holy what, discontent, like what yeah. needs to be changed right now.
Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Hudson. Yeah. Um, and just one of the weaker ends for me, I chose evangelism. Um, yeah. Sort of its importance within the church. I see, um, first and foremost, it is it, it unifies the church around the Great Commission and, and sending mm. out people to make disciples. And that's in many ways that is our chief work and what we need to be. Yeah. Um, Let's have the person to the left, the person who just shared, pray a, a blessing over their ministry. So, Em, you want to you pray a blessing over Hudson? Just think, come Holy Spirit. Peter's up. We got Rachel after that. And then who's after Rachel? All right. Emily's in the hole. Let's go. All right. Peter. Uh, so, also, probably teacher, shepherd. Uh, father Nate refers to me as a teacher, teacher. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Father Nate said. <laughs> so, I feel like, you know, that might be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
So that's interesting. So what can happen for a teacher when they encounter the apostolic, um, it's not that they don't want the apostolic or even need the apostolic, and particularly they understand how the five ministries work together and they're all unified in Jesus under Paul's teaching. But there is a way in which the apostolic has to understand about the teacher, and the teacher has to understand about their own selves, that if you've asked them to go do something that they haven't built yet, it's really hard for them. Because teachers love to build, and, and, and they, they, they build lectures, they build articles, they build, they just build thinking. I, like, I just, and like, one reason why I think a lot of teachers want a lot of time alone is they're like, I just have to build something. Like, can't you see there's a construction zone going on here? Um, and so if you're asking me to go out and do something if I haven't built it yet, theologically, it's going to be really hard for me to embrace, give it with my heart. Because what Matt wants is, hey, come with me, and I'm, bring yourself and bring your heart. How about that? And for a teacher, they, they got to go, I will bring my heart, but I have to build the theological bridge from my heart to whatever this particularity is. Classic way the teacher thinks. Now, one of the great things about having teachers on mission, um, you know, is that, is that teachers, sometimes they have to learn to build faster than they would like to. Because they don't always have the time that they want to build, as some other teachers might have a different context. A teacher on mission, you have to build more quickly. And you, in your bridge, you may be like, eh, it's going to be okay for a car, but not a truck. Um, like, I, I, this bridge will work okay. And that's part of what the teacher has to do, because if we talked about the teacher's challenge is always um, get it right versus get it out, right? The apostolic's like, get it out, get it out right now. And teachers are like, hmm, let's get it right, right? And thank God, right? Jesus designed it, so we have both. And, and, and they work together. But it's actually really great, Peter. For you, that example is a, a perfect example. And so there's part of you that's like, the Lord made me this way. i got to build this, Matt. And, um, and I think that's actually really healthy for a team to understand, hey, he's our builder over here, so give him some time. Yeah. You can't have that much time, um, but you've you got to have some time. Yeah. So this is very practical, even how you work out your ministry on a team. So yeah. Sure. Sure. The opportunity arose, and they're going to, you know, apostle, the apostolic leaders love this word, strike when the iron is hot. But the iron's always hot for them, yeah. right? And, and teachers go, yeah, but hot irons burn people, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also validating that you also need to know, you also need, they need to understand about you. Let, 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 me, let me build this. It'll be better if I can build this. We all need me to build this. I lean on my theologian teachers so much. I just said, John, like two emails last week. John, what do you think about this stuff? You know, um, because he's been building ideas and thoughts around this. And I, I we, we, we got to have this in the body. Yeah, yeah. What does this mean? And, uh, Interesting. And, uh, yeah. And, and then if I was to teach in that moment, it would be well received because the, the apostolic is in, you know, being in a relationship with, yeah. with the teacher. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that's, that's kind of what I struggle with is uh, the hostility. There's a, uh, J.H. Bobbing has this 
Sure, that's part of the missionary calling too. So, I mean, a missionary goes with with some level of apostolic charism, with a vision of instructing part. What's wrong, you guys? To the thinking church-wise, how do I catalyze an ecosystem of the gospel in a place where there's no ecosystem of the gospel? So, great. All right, so that's Christy. Let's, let's have Christy pray for Peter. All right, Rachel's up. Who was who was after Rachel? Okay, Emily. And who's asking me? Who's after Emily? Madeline. Okay, great. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is fun to see. You guys should go together as well. Um, it's fascinating to see a husband and wife, you know, calling. Um, so uh, clearly, the, you know, one of the things that, that is critical within the, you know, Judeo-Christian worldview is the one flesh union. And I don't think we have nearly plumbed enough what the one flesh union means on so many levels, but, it's, but especially in ministry. Um, yes, it's partnership, but it's, it's actually more than partnership. Um, I'm in partnership with Father Matt. I mean, we're in partnership. Um, that's different than a one flesh union. It's just different. It's different in, in many, many ways. And so there's, it's in, in Christian marriage and in ministry marriage, as the Lord does this work, it's just intriguing for us, of course, to see the two of you and go, okay, so... Wow, the Lord's given Peter this passion for, for reading, thinking, thinking theologically, thinking missiologically, teaching, shepherding, creating that community. He's catalyzed you, Rachel, with, this, with these dreams that come in. Like, like, dreams are such an example of grace, aren't they? I mean, you can't make them happen. I mean, I once went into this really weird theater director, and he was into Jungian uh, philosophy. Like, he would change beds in his house every night because he was just trying to make dreams happen so desperately because that was his only way of getting revelation was by dreams um, because he wanted something that came from outside of himself if like dreams were that although his dreams were much within his own psyche and a lot of demonic um, for you as a believer the Lord just gives you these dreams as he has to prophets before you um, and so you have this like catalytic here comes the dream spark within your marriage um, and within the picture of how you guys minister in the Imago Dei, that is really, really powerful. So even as you're going back, you know, um, into ministry, you know, in Jordan and among Muslim peoples, I think you all also discerning, okay, we're getting clear about our different ministries in the five M's that the Lord's given us, but what does this mean for how we minister together? I mean, you have, and you have young children now too, so together is with quotations. Um, Lots of, yeah, yeah, air quotes, the size of this building. But I mean, 
is still, um, what does that mean? And how does it mean for how you all pray together? In other words, if you're going to come at it from this catalytic, evangelistic, pr prophetic position, and you've got a, a husband who's a teacher shepherd, and you're going to think of it this way, how does that, what does that mean for your prayer lives? Um, what does that mean for how you all think about the next day or the next week ministry-wise? It has a lot of impact. Um, and it really just goes back again to how the Lord's brought the two of you together. It's part of His plan, part of what He's doing, and how the one flesh union sort of, what, what, else, is, what, else, what else would the Lord speak to you all in your one flesh union um, with those different giftings? Because they're obviously very complementary in your guys' case. Sometimes you'll see the same giftings in a couple. Um, so it, it works different ways, and, and it's not always just like strictly complementary. But in your guys' case, there is more of that, which can create a lot of synergy. It could also create some misunderstanding, um, particularly when you're under a high pressure, like living in a Muslim country, having young kids, something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, no that, 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 that's actually really, that, that's a really germane question. It's really good. Yeah. That's part of the union. Wow.
Okay, one thing I, I love about that example too, of course, is as we talked about very clearly, and this is the spiritual gifts as well as the ministries of Ephesians 4, they all belong to the Lord. So for you to ask the Lord actually for a prophetic dream, that is just totally in line with the scriptures, right? It's like, well, they're all yours and you have all these ministries. So um, I actually need this right now to be able to move forward. And so I, I love that that is my concern sometimes with getting too locked into any spiritual gift or getting too locked into any one of the five M's. I don't think that you should lock in. Um, you lock into Jesus who holds all these. We lock in there. And so I love that you went, okay, Lord, I, I really need this. You know that one dream a year that you give me? Could it be right now? <laughs> you know, you know, could, you know could, you, could you apportion it right now? Um, but that is, uh, that is really powerful. Well, at the same time, like our personalities, so the five M's, there are certain just attributes and habits and ways of being as the Lord has designed us that will come out most regularly. And so you have an emphasis that's also really good. Praise God. Deacon John, you want to pray for preparation? Holy Father, Amen. Amen. You got Emily, Madeline. I want you guys to go last because I, I like the couple thing. So who's going to go after Madeline? All right, go Lydia, and then we'll, and then we'll go right to Allison or Christy. We'll figure that out. All right, Emily.
Yeah, and let's say a little bit more about that. Say, say a little bit more about how the, how the prophetic, as you've been beginning to operate in it, as you see it happening, mm -hmm. a little bit more about how you feel like that, that happens. You mentioned naming things and others. Yeah, and yeah. I think a, a lot of my ways is that we can sort of just, uh, like one of the ones that came through sort of listening to people, and then we mm -hmm. do things that I see or relate to the Lord doing, and that's ministering to them. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, yep. But it's totally. like mine is practical also. And so just challenging myself to like think into like lean into that instead of just settling for the I respond to emails. I create spreadsheets and lots of you know, mm -hmm. like, that's that's difficult sometimes. Mm. But you could run from me that I <laughs> the apostolic to be a evangelistic mm. Mm. just seems so risky, so foolish in a way, but it has to be in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting, Emily, as you're kind of exploring this, is so it's interesting when, it, when a pairing um, has the catalytic and the building. Mm -hmm. So that's a unique pairing when those go together. And it's kind of one of the things you're learning there is, um, and this, this will change in different seasons. Again, it's dynamic. Mm -hmm. 
but there may be a season where uh, what you're needing to do, in some ways you're doing a lot of shepherding right now, I mean, to your point, and the administration gift of the Holy Spirit is often a shepherding gift. So administration shepherds. And that's one thing at Resurrection that we've actually gotten, we weren't very committed to it 30 years ago. We actually kind of like administration, nah. We just were about the presence of God, you know. That was kind of our, that, that's kind of who we were 30 years ago. Um, and, uh, and then we began to realize, wait a second, like people are not being shepherded well. Like, like administration pastors people, administration creates a great sense, great sense of security and, and safety. So if you have poor administration, you actually end up making sheep feel like they won't be responded to, they won't be cared for, they're not seen. When there's bad administration, there's actually the, the result of that is people don't feel seen. Um, and so a lot of what you're doing is very shepherding oriented, similar to how Hudson's conceiving of his work, so you are of yours. I think when you're early on a staff team, when you're in ministry residency, you are doing a lot of that. It's absolutely true. Um, and so understanding that as shepherding is really, really great. What's gonna be interesting is with the teaching and the prophetic, how those might develop together. Um, and which may take the lead at different times. So when the prophetic takes the lead, what you get when you have a prophetic uh, person who also has a teaching gift is the prophetic ministry is often infused with the scriptures. So you'll just hear a lot of the scriptures, a lot of scriptural analogies. Um, some of you may know Deacon Howard Espy, who's our dear friend from Canada. Deacon Howard operate in the, teach, in, in the prophetic and the teaching. So he gives these prophetic words, and it's a very developed gift. So he's it's good to see that, but it's full of these kind of, he teaches you prophetically. Um, so that's kind of how that can work. If you have a teacher, kind of the lead gift is teacher, but the prophetic sort of supports that gift, then they'll build ideas, they'll build teachings that are highly catalytic internally. It's like the teachings themselves catalyze stuff. Um, so they'll, they'll teach and you'll go, whoa, what? You know, Deacon John just said that for this morning. So he's giving us all this really important information up scripturally about Jesus. But you're going, something he's going, well, well, like if I can get this, what he's just said, something else is going to happen in me. Did you feel that? Yeah. Right. That's actually part of the operation of the prophetic. Because the prophetic brings God's word now. So when, when you receive a, a teaching that has that kind of intrinsic prophetic spring in it, yeah. it pops and you go, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, not every teaching has to have that, or necessarily should have that. Right? Other teaching, you go, wow, I just grew in knowledge of God, of the Bible. I mean, that's so important in itself. So this is not to make this hierarchical. That would be a mistake. But it's just to recognize what, what can happen when you get a teaching and prophetic gift together. And again, sometimes the prophetic will lead it, sometimes the teaching will lead it. It, it can just be, I, I think, poetic in that way. But they really combine, interesting enough. So you'll see with Catherine, Catherine does this. So Catherine does the teaching and the prophetic. So one reason why folks are like, man, like I, like no one ever leaves when Catherine's teaching is neutral. They're not like, eh, I don't know. They're like, whoa, or no, 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 no. I mean, believe me, look at her emails after she teaches. And I can promise you, no one leaves her teachings neutral. But that's because she's had to understand she builds something, but she built it with this prophetic, you know, urgency um, it's different than me. I'm apostolic and prophetic, right? So with me, you used to expect me to hit you in the face. I mean, you're like, he's so intense. Of course, he's going to boom, boom, boom. That's what he does. But Catherine's like, she's actually way more stealthy and way more strategic in that way. She's like, see, I'm just a spiritual mom, you know. Like, oh, man. Did my mom just punch me? You know, do not quote me. If you quote me, edit this thing out. You can't let her hear this before fully alive. Oh. <laughs> But, um, but that's actually how this can work, where you're like, 
something's being built, something's, you know, there is a stability to the teaching ministry. And yet, yet the prophetic kind of, um, it's actually a beautiful combination in the Lord. And it's beautiful how he can use it. So anyway, oh my word. <laughs> See, John was like, John was like, just like talking to us in this measured tone. You know, he's giving, but like, he's like totally messing with us with who Jesus really is. You know, he's, he's got me understanding the Trinity in the Old Testament. You know, like, wait, wait, I feel like, you know, like, how many hours of graduate work have I done? I never got that fully. And that's just that fun dynamic. So I, I would just say to you, see how the Lord develops that in you. Just pray into this, Lord, develop that in me. You know, like, I love the prophetic, and I've been able to minister it privately with friends and others. Um, how would the prophetic and the teaching integrate? And how would that be combined in the Lord just to move the gospel forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Okay. <laughs> you guys <don't... laughs> All right. Um, let's pray for Emily. Um, I, I guess to the left. So Hudson, you pray for her. God. All right. Madeline? And then Allison? And then Lydia? Great. Mm. Mm. Um, but I love 
Because so, so Peter mentioned he, he kind of has a double building gap, the teaching and the shepherding. All right, so it's also interesting when you get a double catalytic. Um, so when you have two double catalytics, it's actually really helpful to understand this. And it's good when you're leading something to know when you have a double catalytic and you put them anywhere, they will bring change. They will agitate for change. And agitate sounds like a negative word, but it's a positive word. It's that they can't help it. So double catalytics, uh, Father William Beasley is a double catalytic. Um, so wherever you put William Beasley, it's going to feel like something's always happening. Change is always happening, right? Um, and you're not quite sure necessarily what it is. And some of that's his own personality, and some of that's just the double catalytic. So, so when you get a double catalytic, Rachel, you have some of that too. Um, yours is around evangelism, is a little bit different. Um, but that's what you're seeing for Madeline. So you put, and so what a, a double catalytic has to, has to figure out, if that's typically how God uses them, they have to look for organizations and communities that can handle that. Um, and they're out there and they exist. Um, but not every organization in community, because institutions, for example, for, for, for double, thank you, Clarks, bless you guys. Um, so like, for, for example, if you're a double catalytic, what you have to be careful of is how you interact within an institution. Institutions can squash the double catalytic, or that double catalytic can make institutions crazy, and they often don't make it in institutions. Um, because institutions tend to be something that, which has been built, it is built, and you're maintaining it. Um, and the believers are called into that work, no question about it. But if you don't have some building drive in an institution, you're probably not going to make it. So I coach double catalytics, get clear about that, understand that about yourself, and look for mission agencies, look for churches, look for ministry organizations that you can work with them that can go, great, I got it. Yeah, all right. Um, Chad, I want you, I pray for her all the time. 
So, um, yeah, <laughs> why don't you pray for her? <laughs> Lord, thanks for the ways that you have gifted Madeline to serve your church. I pray specifically for her in the midst of the frustrations when things aren't moving in the ways that she's envisioning. That you would give her confidence that you are at work, confidence. Mm. Thank you.